Hi, and thanks for listening to what is the second episode from our sporadically broadcast series of B-sides entitled The Shed Sessions. Yes, a while back we were out of studio with a wooden tape deck, a plastic microphone and obscene amounts of alcohol, and we decided to record some extra podcasts just because we could. Or we thought we could. Now, although this sounds beautifully ad hoc and spontaneous, as all contemporary creators should aspire to be, the downside is... It sounds like bollocks. Not to put too fine a point on it, it does a bit, yes. Quite simply, being out of studio means being out of the reach of any sort of high-quality recording and production that you, dear listener, have come to expect. Of course, certain elements of the Peggy Mount Calamity Hour remain... The profanity is on point. Too fucking right. The alcohol consumption is still excessive. I'll drink to that. And the facts and figures retain their questionable relevance. So since we are a nostalgia podcast, if you can get to grips with the fact that you're listening to a show that sounds like it was recorded in an Anderson shelter on a pound stretcher own brand C90 audio cassette in 1986 using the school boombox that's never had its heads cleaned since 1978, then we think you'll appreciate the immersion. Colic. Exit. Stage left. Alright, hello and welcome to yet another special episode of the Peggy Mount Calamity Hour that's occurred simply because the beer hasn't run out yet. I'm Dr Velvet. I'm Blackout. And we're here to see Dummy. We're joined by Ozzy Bognops once again. My hello sir, good hello. Man. Gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. A pleasure as always. Isn't a privilege, always an honour and a delight. Oh. Isn't it just? Isn't it just? Ooh. And Liz Dawn's not here, so it's even better. I'm a bit thirsty. I'm not surprised. Yes, hello to you, dear listener. Thanks for checking into this casual cultural critique of vintage television where Britain's best love battle axe is never far from our minds because here, all roads lead to the mountain. The shorter, the better. If you go over to PeggyMountPod.com, info for the episode that we're discussing today is in the show notes. You can find us on the socials, get in touch to say hello, or to ask us which corner we're huddling in after we finish recording this episode. Before we perfect our voodoo ritual to make our own friends who can't disagree with us, gentlemen, I've got to ask, what are we drinking? I'm elated to be saying I'm drinking tartan beer. There we go. I have looked around for this for such a long time. Uh-huh. I have found tartan beer. The last time I drank this, you and I were walking down a country lane. William Youngers! And it must have been about 20 years ago since I've tasted this. It's absolutely Yeah, beautiful. slightly more than that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, yeah, Mr. Bognops. Port! <laughs> Which I have been drinking... The last time I drank this, I think, was about oh, three minutes ago. Right? Yeah. Outstanding work. You go down there and join your friends. And how about you, Mr. Blackout? I have got a bottle of... Tyneside Blonde. Nice. Which yeah. is a yellow beer Not from the Hadrian Border Brewery. Not to be confused, I presume, with those that are seen advertising in the finest phone kiosks in central Newcastle. I should hope not. Although it does smell like the inside of a phone box. All right. Yeah, anyway. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Before we go any further, this is not great. Carry on. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Do you want some port in it? In a bit, yeah. All right. Nice. Right. Let's move on, gentlemen. We're off to Thornhill to get our court shoes coated and caked in the dog shit while we look for primroses. Ragdollyanna, how do you do? Ragdollyanna, good day to 
bunch of paper roses in a big store Rag Dolliana was a gentle children's drama from Yorkshire Television for ITV based on the books by Gene Kenwood. It started in 1982 and ran for 30 episodes over three series. The show revolves around The Little Dressmaker, played by Pat Coombs, as she plies a living as a seamstress whilst also watching over her heating fuck off. <laughs> well done, well fucking done. The show revolves around The Little Dressmaker, played by Pat Coombs, as she plies a living as a seamstress whilst also watching over her young charge, the eponymous doll, who comes to life when no one else is watching and has absolutely mad adventures. We've watched an episode from 1986, Rag Anna Gathers Primroses. Written by Gene Kenwood, directed by John Allen, in which Rag Anna manages to escape her high-rise prison, only to wish she hadn't bothered. With a bunch of paper roses in a big straw can I just point out that seamstress was a Victorian colloquialism for prostitute? It was. There we it go. Certainly was. There yeah. we go. Does this answer some questions? Indeed. Well, we're back to the uh, the inside of the phone box again, aren't we? Yeah, we really are. We really are. And mm. she lives with a dummy that's life size and a doll that isn't. So let's not lower the bar too early. Come on. Rag Dolliana yes. lives on the first, second, and third floor. Yeah. This this glove puppet owns an apartment block. Uh huh. Is it ever addressed in this series what dark forces have conspired to bring Anna into this plane of existence? It, it, it's never... No, I, no, I tell a lie. I'm sure the first episode does tell this story. Right. I am pretty sure okay. that's a thing. Because it's fascinating that if she lives on the first, second and third floor... Mm-hmm. Well, according to looking at in through the window of the top of her apartment, yeah. it's one room. It is. There's no, no toilet. Bear in mind, bear in no mind you know... You never see dummy's feet. True. Dummy's thirty-five foot tall. You actually no, you actually <laughs> it's do. A fireman's pole. Yeah. No, yes, no. Yes, just like it. Yeah. No, there are there, there are certain long shots of dummy now. Dummy's on casters. Right. Right. Dummy's on a pole with casters, but thirty-five foot tall, but on yes, on yes, but yes. on casters. Um, <laughs> By the way, dear listener, go to the peggymanpod.com uh, show notes, click the link, watch it. We're not going to spend too much time explaining who these characters are, but Dummy is literally a mannequin. And on the subject, sorry, on the subject of immovable, you know, unmovo- unmoving things, mm. uh, on the particular link that will be on next to the show notes, mm. on the particular link that will be next to the show notes, mm. um, there's actually a fragment of children's ITV continuity before it starts. It's glorious. And this is glorious. Mr. Bernard Winters. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Who clearly. Is he rolling was- around? You might as well be. Yeah, he used to do Schnorwich, yay, yay, all that stuff with the team. Yeah, and clearly trying his utmost to be funny, hilarious, and not and not part of a brother act. Um, And of course, the VT count off into Ragdoliana is just a tiny little bit too long. Yeah, by approximately three minutes. (laughs) Yeah, and the he's there dying. Yeah, the camera crew. They're dying of old age. He's yeah. just waiting for someone to press stop. Yeah. Can I just bring to your attention that we're actually talking more about Bernie Winters than we're actually talking about Rag Doliana. So very true. Yeah, back to where we got to. We mentioned, we mentioned Dummy previously. Dummy's one of the key characters in this episode. So we have in this flat, we have the, the little dressmaker. Yes. We have Rag Doliana. Mm-hmm. Yes. We have Dummy. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we have White Cat. White Cat. I refer back to Dummy. Dummy is a dead body in a tight. Yes. <laughs> With eyes and a mouth. Right. But mm-hmm. Dummy, all I'm saying is, Dummy is fucking mint, and that is on a T-shirt somewhere. Yes, I'm sure it is. That I have produced with on the back <clears throat> a bunch of paper roses in a big straw hat. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. White cat, what's going on here? That cat. Every time we get a reaction shot from the cat, it what looks do you mean like reaction? It never moves. 
well, it, at some point it's like looking off it, it's looking off camera shotgun because something's happened like the, the little dressmaker says to him that cat looks like someone stuck a fork up it Oh, yes, absolutely. Yep. And of course, let's not forget that White Cat at the time was also a particular brand of lard. Oh no, that was White Cap, sorry. Because that would then make sense as to why it is looking absolutely stunned. Because it's threatening <laughs> of being turned into lard. Do you know what I mean? No. In the opening titles, mm. the dressmaker's there, right, in that montage. Mm-hmm. She's holding the door open for Ragdoliana, who's like there scuttling across the floor. Why wouldn't she just carry the door? By the time they get down all them stairs... That little thing's walked the equivalent of nine miles. Yeah, it's a fact. I think they've just thrown it out the window and say, fucking wait. <laughs> you know, that is harsh, but I, I, there's a logic in your severity. Or it could slide down dummy. I mean, you know, and just, you know as long as it mangs itself on the castles at the bottom. So the only human in this programme, the only live human, not including like whatever's rammed inside the dummy. Um, it's not live, it's dead. Covered in a tight, rotten. Am I correct in thinking this is a programme about the fallout from some poor woman's breakdown? Definitely. This is exploitation television, isn't it? She's a widower. She's a widower on Ket. She's a widower who... The woman is just constantly going around her flat talking to inanimate objects. Yeah. And... Oh, look, here comes Kettle. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And a dressmaker. I don't see any dresses. There's not a bit of cloth Fair. in the house. No, Fair. exactly. There's not a bit of cloth in the house. But ask her to stand next to a tight in a, in, with eyes and a mouth. Absolutely. I was up for that. She's like, a, she's like a some bizarre, twisted, contemporary version of Miss Havisham. Yes, it's, it's painful to watch. Yeah. But there is an element to this which really boils my piss, which is the fact that... The production values? Yes, particularly in terms of the voiceover. Because there's no doubt Coombs is doing all the voices, right? Yeah, we yeah, get that. Agreed, yes. And there's no doubt that she has her unique ways of voicing cats and dollies and herself. Yeah. But actually, yes, that's the last bit, do- voicing herself. Because she's just miming the words. And on the soundtrack, she's you know articulating the words yeah, that she's yeah. mouthing in the, in the visuals. No, you're absolutely right. This is the mad thing where yeah. I'm expecting when she talks to... Anna, or the dummy, or the cat. I'm expecting that to be her dialogue recorded on set. It's not. She's clearly speaking on set. Yep. Yeah. But the ADR she's done for her own character, yeah. because she's doing this like thick Cornish accent, yeah. does not match what she was doing on set. No. Mm-hmm. It is insane. Indeed. It is. It really is. Mind you, they do get on a bus. Hang on, though. Mm-hmm. Are primroses exclusive to Thornhill? Nope. Next question. What's the crack here, though? <laughs> well, no, they're pro- that's probably just closest. Where but does why she live though? Well, no, because they're going in to a, a fort, a concrete fort. But just, just going, they're going to a creamery. Because remember, the cats go to the creamery. Yes. So it's a farm, clearly. So yeah, it must yeah. be. Oh, mm. there'll be primroses at a farm. All oh, right, I know, I missed that bit. Yeah. I, I mean, I find primroses at a fucking garden centre, and there's got to be one of those nearby. Yeah. Well, this is it. I, I, I missed that bit. I was a gorgon dummy. I was fucking. Yeah, moist. yeah. I was fucking moist. If I'm honest, when I saw <laughs> so the primroses are an excuse to get lazy rag Doliana out of the fucking house and drowned. The cat wants to go to the creamery. It's like, well, come on, let's do that. Yeah. Well, we're, we're going to need something to get her out. Uh, She's just sitting in that hole all day. Put cakes in a tin. <laughs> let's sit, let's go sit for anything. primroses and we'll take a tin along. And say, oh, we're going to drown the door. Can, <laughs> I point, can I point something out about the tin? Mm. Let's put all of these cakes in the tin. Yeah. And once it's empty, we can fill it with primroses. Yeah. Why don't you just take an empty fucking tin? That and you also... simple bastard. How many cakes are going in that tin? If they eat all the cakes, it'll be dark. Space cakes. Okay. Again, bear in mind, this entire thing is the dressmaker Mm -hmm. 
making up an excuse in our own head yep to just get out of the fucking house get some fresh air mm-hmm. but also eat a massive amount of narcotics yep. yeah, next indeed. to a doll mm-hmm. and she's taking a cat how long did this take to film because cats will not fucking do anything you oh, want no. them to they're drugged yeah of course they are <laughs> on the cakes in fact <laughs> do you know what though an added thing which they should have included dummy should have gone along for the day yes oh, my yes, yes. 35 foot with tall a, yeah. with a string bit okay. of string can you imagine though Dummy is sat in the flat going, here I am, I'll be fucking on again. Uh, exactly. Everyone else fucks off. A dirty tight with eyes. And I'm left here because I'm on fucking casters. <laughs> exactly. Pack of bastards. I imagine yeah. Dummy is probably relieved by the silence. Well, yeah. <laughs> then there's a few continuity <laughs> things that I'm quite... Con- well, I'm not concerned about, but I'm quite surprised at is... So, do they really eat all the cakes? Because there was, like, at we- least 20 cakes on that trip. Yeah. No, it's easy. Just throwing them at the ducks. There's ducks on the pond, and she's just like, no, but the ducks get a different number. She's flinging them out in a fucking trebuchet at the ducks. <laughs> she's no, also used them. a lot. She's Under also arm. used them to pay for our bus fare. Right. Do you want four bits of ash? Ah, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm away to Thornhill. Now I'll be five. Yes, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. And the cat's keeping an eye on the driver because he's claw the fuck out of his back. Absolutely. Uh-huh. The bus pulls up. The shot, the way it's the way it's filmed, looks like the booted Coombs yes, out of the exactly. bus. Yes. Get out! Uh-huh. She stood there. She walks along the farm track again. Uh-huh. Her court shoes yeah. are thick, caked in the dog shit. Been lit dog shit. Been lit dog shit. Walking down. Uh-huh. Bless her. Cream court shoes. And then she they, is a vision in brown in this scene. It's like she's been rendered in sepia just for this part of the program. She's like a she's like a floating cigar, indeed. Yes. And that's why it's Yorkshire Television because fucking nearly everything they made in the seventies and eighties was brown. Yes, yes. You know, she's basically a walking farmhouse kitchen. She is, yes, yes. And then Ragdolliana drowns in a cake tin. Oh. Yeah, the, yeah. The, she she puts the doll in the tin. Well, first off, it's sitting down by the pond. We're going to eat the cakes. We're going to look at the ducks. Yes. Those ducks are fucking livid. They are yeah. absolutely furious. Yes. If they don't eat the doll, they're going to eat coons. Yes, they're they going are. fucking mad. Yes, yeah. they are. And they look like they could swallow a dog whole. Yes. I think they are cadaver ducks. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. And then, yeah, she's like, I've got, I've got an idea. I'm going to, this is the doll. This isn't coons. Yes. Mm-hmm. I've got an idea. I'm going to put the tin in the water. Then I'm going to climb into the tin and I'm going to go out for a bit of sail. And it's like, Anna, do you not get out much? Clearly not. And not only do you not get out much, but. How on earth, for somebody so immobile that has to be carried, all of a sudden, you are live action? Yes. I will never forget, and once again, listener, I will pull the curtain back a little bit to behind the scenes of the Peggy Mount Calamity Hour, Blackout's expression, as we saw this little segment of Ragdolliana, where they switch to CSO, bit of CSO, and Ragdolliana goes from glove puppet... To person in a costume. Yep. This I, costume I, is about eight and a half feet tall. I don't think Blackout will sleep again. No. I certainly won't. Horrible. Terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. How big must that hat be? I know. How big must the tin be? You know what I mean? At this point, I think I'm hallucinating watching <laughs> this. It's shit and is not. terrifying. Yeah. Blumhouse need to reboot this. That's yes. what I'm saying. <laughs> yes. And then of course, we mustn't forget that White Cat. Mm. You know, scared of being you know, turned into lard, mm. um, ends up with another cat called Professor Perkins, Professor who Perkins. looks annoyed to fuck about everything. Yes, Stop. yes, yeah. You know, just out of interest, gentlemen, um, can any of you do the voice of White Cat? No, because I can't really work out what it is. Mm-hmm. I know it's somebody who's had a stroke. 
It's bizarre. She's put a little speech impediment in there, hasn't she? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's quite. It's like she talks down one side of her body. <laughs> yeah, out of her elbow. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. Sick down a window. And then, of course, she adopts the um, cliched because he, I'm assuming because he's a professor, he will automatically talk like that. Yes. Yeah. But even that's with a stroke. Right. But let's remember that um, Professor Perkins, the white and ginger cat, mm. is apparently the cousin of white cat. That's right. Yeah. That's right. They, they, and they, they were going they to the creamery, which is a euphemism. Yeah. Isn't it? White cat couldn't just have like a mate out there. No. No, it no, has no. to be just, no, you, you need it. It has to be a family member. Yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And uh, Professor Perkins says, so what about these cakes then? You promised me hash. <laughs> I mean, they get left behind. Left yeah. behind. Left behind. Mm-hmm. You're right. How we're going to pick up the primroses? I take your hat off. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I'm going to ask the question. Mm-hmm. What happens when the dressmaker dies? Is the magic annulled and Anna's spirit is like freed from this fabric form? Or is Ragdolly Anna locked in that body, powerless to move whenever anybody else is in the room, but unable to get anything done because the creator is no longer there to validate her existence? I've got a feeling of the latter. Somewhere in the basement of what used to be Yorkshire Television is now probably either an office block or a car park, but the basement is still there. There's a box in the old basement. Inside the box... Is Ragdoliana silently screaming? Yes. Yes, could be. See, I had a far simpler um, conception about this: is that Dummy actually ate Ragdoliana, and that was it. Well, <laughs> to be fair, this is it. This is the thing. This is this is what watching this program does to you. And that's it. Just puts us. you into this like yeah. altered state of consciousness, yeah. where you're not sure what's real anymore. You're not I, because this this is fucked up. This at ten to four every week. I mean, it's like oh. <laughs> Time to watch something that's way out there. And of course, we say that knowing that, you know, we had really took a really delight, re- really watching that we had taken a massive delight in watching a part talking dog and a bunch of kids um, solving mysteries. And really? we'd also watched, yeah, and you know, we'd watched all sorts of weird and wonderful things like a, a boy that has a golden belt. This so, is on another level, this though. Yes, yes. Well, it certainly is. It's on the third level, in fact. The thing is with this, it is so unassuming. It is so gentle. It is so... Oh, isn't that lovely? You can see when you were at primary school, there was that girl in the class, seven years old, mm-hmm. who would just love the adventures of Ragdoliana because it was just gentle. Oh, they just went out to the country for a lovely little adventure. It's it's fucked up, this. It yes. really is. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. This is Mysterious Cities of Gold visits Taunton. Yeah. And to be fair, the theme tune's on a similar level. It, it is Don Spence, isn't it? It's not Don Spencer. It's a chap called Alan Taylor. Is it? Well, it sounds <clears> like Don Spencer. Yeah, it does. But Alan Taylor, I thought, because they... Yorkshire Television in the sort of animated... Because they were chucking out sitcoms as regulars yeah, yeah. were chucking out kids' animation. And they would quite often try and get important person or well-known singer to sing... The sig tune, like they had Raggy Dolls, which was mm-hmm. Neil Innes, um, and others that I can't remember to mm-hmm. prove the point. Mm-hmm. But then there's this Alan Taylor, and this is a very catchy. There's a very catchy hook in the song, which we all know and appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, of, of this particular song. Of this particular song, because she has got a bunch of paper roses in her big straw hat. Indeed, no, there's no lies here. I mean, I mean, bunch is a nebulous term. He's not right. sure how much that's going to be. No. Big is a relevant yeah. term. However, it is relevant to the size of the doll. So you might look and think that's not a big straw hat. You're well if you're the size of yeah. RD Anna, then you yes. know it, it, it's comparatively big. That's fine, right? But trade descriptions—they're not roses; they're primroses. Boom. She's got a bunch of primroses in her. I can't. Straw. In I can't. Basket, <laughs> right? 
in a straw barnet. <laughs> yeah. And yet it's catchy, ladies and gentlemen. It, oh, I assure you it's catchy. What a theme tune, if man. I caught it, I'll chop it off. When I, what a theme tune for, for this little twee mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. What a theme tune, I yeah, don't yeah. mind, because I to this day I do know that people recognise the... And I do sing it quite often. People do recognise... I remember watching Rag Dolly Anna. Yeah. I, I bet you don't remember Dummy. I mean, yeah, you know, fair play. A parent is sitting down with a young child. This comes on children's ITV. And they're like, oh, this, this looks like Pat Coombs. I know her. This is going to be sweet. This is going to be safe. It's going to be yeah. lovely. I can go off and start making tea while or the little ones watching this. Freak. You know, yeah. it's on for 10 minutes. They come <laughs> back and the kid is sexing themselves. Yeah, exactly. <coughs> You're the old. Dummy was designed by H.R. Geiger. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Fuck me. This whole, yeah, whole thing is like, Script edited by the team behind Saw. Yes. Saw. <laughs> With that said, gentlemen, Mr. Blackout, how many pegs would you clip onto Dummy's hairnet? <laughs> well, in terms of like wholesome, innocent televisual entertainment for young children, Ragdoliana is unfortunately simplistic, it's substandard, every bit as cheap as it looks. However, in terms of a cinematic exploration of paranoia, isolation, and howling claustrophobic mania, this is a fucking masterclass. Still, three out of nine. Oh, okay. Mr. Bognobs. Well, uh, mine is possibly less considered. Uh, I think that, you know, as I said, Yorkshire Television did chuck stuff out at a rate of knots. Um, quarters were always mentioned, you know, how many hours of children's television all the programmes do, because they have to tick all the boxes, yeah. whereas the BBC monolith at this point was churning out massive great stuff that we all loved and enjoyed. Mm-hmm. This is something plain, simple, easy to understand, if you are three. Mm. However, anybody above that age, and I mean literally four, <laughs> would be having nightmares about this, particularly if they've ever eaten cheese, two out of nine. Mm-hmm. Fair. Doctor. Nine. What? Because dummies in it. (laughs) I can't argue that. Dummies meant. The special effects. Listener, there is a life size replica of dummy in the cupboard just off from the studio here. I'm too scared to open that door. I open it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And it just wheels out dummy. I don't mind dummy. The thing is, it rattles because I think it's where Ken stores his eggs. It's the squeaky wheel. There's a squeaky wheel, and he doesn't like that. And yeah, I looks. I wake up in the middle of the night. And I hear that wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just revolving, just d- rotating and so. He doesn't like dummy. No. no. And the fact is, I hate tight, so I, I, I understand that. Yeah, you went back to Stockings a while ago, didn't I you? Did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did. Airy. Pardon. Well, not, since, not since you got the razor. Not since I got the razor. Yeah, indeed. Imac. Yeah. So that all being said, gentlemen, Mister Bognops, sir, the question. On the lips of many a puppet, or a dummy, all across Thornhill, is how many primroses will you have picked before you drown to death in a cake tin? But one. (gasps) So Ragdoliana stars Pat Coombs, who cropped up in 1984's It's Never Too Late with... Peggy Mount. I am talking to you, Miss Milton. Harmless stuff, Masterfully done. Harmless stuff, harmless stuff. That was swift. That was swift. Mr. Blackout, how about yourself? 
also won. Oh! Yes, Ragdolly Anna stars Pat Coombs, who starred in the Earmarked Man episode of Lollipop with... Peggy Mount. Are you sure it hasn't been handed in? Great. Great, great stuff. Great stuff. Beautiful. Now, obviously, the bar has been set, Dr mm. Velvet. Yep. How many steps? Far be it for me not to approach a bar and not set it. One. Of course. <laughs> Doliana stars Pat Coombs, who of course starred in the iconic sitcom You're Only Young Twice. We may have mentioned this. With Peg Peggy Mounter, how do you do? Each Thursday, you see, and I always wear it on a Thursday. Oh, vocally as well, just a try. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? There we go. That's lovely. That's beautiful. Ooh. Um, yes, and that's that. I'm just off to look up the buses to Thornhill, where I intend to wrap myself in electrified barbed wire and throw myself into the duck pond, as penance for my viewing habits of the last four days. In the meantime, Blackout's got your socials. Yes, thanks once again for being with us. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email PeggyManPod at gmail.com, or we are PeggyManPod on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Five-star ratings are always welcome on Spotify, iTunes or wherever you listen to us. And don't forget to go to PeggyManPod.com to check out the show notes for this and for all of our other episodes. It's as simple as that. It really is. Thanks once again to Aussie Bognops. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. It's been a delight, as mm -hmm. always, and I'm now going to show you why ducks are for roasting. Right? Can't say fairer than that. Um, we're off. We may be back for another special. We don't know. It depends how much drink is left in that cupboard. Until the next time, until the next time you encounter Dummy. Keep talking. is a free podcast from Michael Media which holds production copyright. Opinions and recollections expressed are not to be taken as fact. The title and credit music is by Dr. Velvet. Audio segments from television programs are presented for review and informational purposes only under fair use, and no ownership of these is claimed or implied by this show. For more information, visit PeggyMountPod.com.